Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. You and I were talking about doing a follow-up from our episode from last week uh, where we got in talking about estimates, and you did something really unusual. You mean lies, don't you? Estimates are lies. <laughs> That's right. Or predictions or bets, depending on how you're uh, looking at them. And, yeah, and those I aren't had... lies, but estimates, man, not a fan. Okay, well, well, we'll talk about that, and so we're going to argue about estimates, but why, what really was unusual is not that you and I would disagree, but that you wrote a LinkedIn post, which is not like you. So no. what was this LinkedIn post that you wrote, and why did you write it? I've got these great friends at uh, CTO Craft. Andy Skipper and his crew are very, very clever folks. And um, one of my clients came to me and said, hey, Squirrel, that advice you gave me the, to, to not report on uh, how, how well we're delivering against our estimates, that's exactly the opposite of what these other clever people wrote in, in their article. And I said, oh, yeah, that's because they're wrong. <laughs> and he said, tell me more. I said, all right, I'll tell everybody. Uh, so um, they were like four-fifths right. They got a whole bunch of different metrics that were really useful, things like cycle time and um, uh, some really interesting ones like um, ramp-up time for your engineers. I thought it was great stuff. But, man, they just uh, managed to uh, um, get one really kind of spectacularly wrong. They were arguing that you should report to management, to people in the executive team, the board of directors, whoever, on whether your uh, technology team was meeting its estimates. And because estimates are lies, I just think that's uh, a crazy idea. So um, I, I wrote about why that was stupid. <laughs> now it's great that you that you had that and it's interesting to compare and contrast because the one thing for me this past week is that we uh, closed that learning loop that I was talking about with our estimates which I think of as predictions for Q3 we were looking back on Q3 OKRs what what we did versus what we predicted we would do and it was a really fun exercise and one of the things that came out there was relative to our estimates of what we thought we would get done uh, we, there were some things we didn't get done, and that led to some really useful learning conversations. But, but you weren't having those conversations with the board of directors, were you? No, we were not. And that's the interesting thing here is, is this idea of we would completely agree, and I would say reporting engineering estimates and missing engineering estimates to management sounds like a terrible idea. It sounds like a, a way to take that sort of tilted slider and just say, we, you know, all we care is about is uh, predictability. Well, you know, the, the the only way to get fired is to miss your estimate. That, that's I think we I've probably talked about an example in the past of what it's like to work for an insurance company, where they are so profitable that things can take as long as they want. Or at least they, you know, some insurance companies in the old days, and and therefore, you know, everyone padded their estimates because the only way to stand out negatively was to miss your estimates because those were what was being reported on. So the, this, this is one of those great metrics that, that has, and you were pointing this out to me before, Jeffrey, you put it really well, that, that it's one of these great estimates that um, kind of exemplifies gaming the estimate, the, gaming yeah. the metric. That's that right. The, the moment you start to use this metric, you're going to become slower. That's right, exactly. And it's it's sort of, there's a, a general principle that says once a metric becomes a target, it ceases to be a useful metric. And estimates are probably among the worst of, of those, I can imagine. But I still find estimates tremendously useful, and um, especially on these kind of longer-term uh, timescales. And, uh, and so I find them really useful. So it's an interesting, interesting that you and I are in, in the, uh, having different views of estimates, where, and where I'm not nearly as uh, concerned about them as being lies, because I, I think of them as being valuable to the team. But we, it's not, it's not management fodder. It, it's not really something that you're supposed to be 
reporting to other people. But I, I just find so much value in saying, you know, why both both in creating the estimate. I think that's the thing is I, I see actually creating the estimates as a valuable activity, as a value generating activity. And then reflecting on how the things were different from our submit as another value generating activity. That doesn't seem to be your experience, though. <laughs> yeah, it's just not what I what I observe. Because what I see is a significant risk that the estimates kind of escape the um, the the bounds of the team. It's really hard not to have them leak, and for somebody to say, "Well, gosh, you made some estimates. Why don't you tell the rest of us so that we can plan? Wouldn't it be helpful?" And suddenly you're back in in the um, uh, the gaming the metric, uh, slowing yourself down uh, world. So that risk seems high to me, and and then the benefit seems not to be tied to the estimates. So so let's take the first one you said that you found it helpful at kind of at the beginning, say, of the quarter or something like that. So we're talking here about a long learning loop, right, Jeffrey? We're, th this is something you learned over not just one sprint or one week or one day. This is learning over a period. So, so you say at the beginning of the period, making an estimate helped the team. How, again? What, what did the <laughs> estimate itself do? Well, the, 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 it's not the estimate, it's the estimating that the it's um, the act of generating the the estimate among the team, I have often found to be just a tremendously valuable activity to make sure we're all thinking of the same thing. So um, you could you could hold the estimation session and have this fantastic discussion and understand each other really well and make sure that you're actually talking about the same thing and then burn all the estimates. Sure, yeah, absolutely, and we'd have and we'd have a huge amount of value from that. For, exactly, that's exactly right. And, and, and so, so, so that, I just have this great idea, Jeffrey, where, where you don't bother <laughs> coming up with the estimates so you, so you don't have to, you know, burn and like add to the carbon in the atmosphere. You, you could just have the discussion about what you're going to build. No, see, I, and, I, and I, like in theory, yes. In practice, that's not, doesn't match my experience. And the reason okay. is there's a, the estimates, uh, uh, now, now again, you could still burn them afterwards. <laughs> that's, we can talk about that separately. But there's something about saying, when people say to me, like, look, I don't understand why this is more than two days. And someone else says, what do you mean? This is at least two weeks, right? And this is realistic. I've had people say this in a, in a session. I just haven't seen generating that kind of clarity of disagreement so succinctly other than through asking people, how long do you think this would take? What's your kind of gut feel? And when, when you find out those gut feels are far apart, that's such an efficient way to check in with people on their you know their sense of what's happening. I, if you could say like, how can you communicate that? That doesn't involve an estimate based on time. I'd love to hear it. I just don't know what it is. I would love to add more to my repertoire. <laughs> so I'm just saying this is the thing that I've seen work so effectively when we, we have those kind of discussions. And what I would just suggest is that you talk about, and, and maybe it comes down to the same thing, so I'll grant you that, but um, uh, it sur sure seems to me that when I see that kind of dialogue happen in teams using Elephant Carpaccio that are delivering very frequently, first of all, they're not having it only at the beginning of the quarter. They're having it continuously as they're oh, steering sure. the team. Yes, 100%. And so good. We agreed about that. And, and also they might have a discussion about how many slices is this or can we get this done today or what's stopping us doing this um, uh, this week? Uh, how, why can't we have this um, experiment live for real customers right away? And when they have that discussion, yeah, okay, they may say, well, look, I'm going to need to add a whole new database for this and um, re reconfigure Kafka. And somebody else says, but this person's already done it. The, 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 yes, there may be some discussion of time there, but what uh, doesn't happen is somebody says, well, let's figure out whether it's uh, seven and a half days or four and a half sprints. 
Um, is this a 13 <laughs> or an 8 or a 4 or a 9 million? Uh, I just think that kind of forced estimate discussion is not helpful. If it comes up organically, I'm happy with that. Mm, yeah, I... Um... I mean, I don't really see the difference because you're really talking about people are using whatever their local estimate currency units are, and I and I don't really care whether what a team in Piccadilly is talking about, but they but they probably are having some frame of where they talk about level of effort. Maybe here's the way to say it: I wouldn't say you start with the number of local units, days or sprints or whatever. But start with the the effort and the steps that goes into go into it, and if that winds up being a discussion about time, and somebody says, "Yeah, but that would take at least three weeks, and this couldn't possibly take three weeks. Nobody could take three weeks to add a, a password field." Then fine, let the discussion go that way. But I just think it's not so helpful to start with. Uh, okay, now our job is to get out our po planning poker cards and come up with whether this is an eight or a thirteen or a a, a fifteen and a half and and three quarters. And why not? Let me just, that gets, let me just let's say, like, what's again, if, in my experience, playing poker is incredibly cheap. You just, you know, you, you make a one, two, three, show your card. Like, what's, what's wrong with that? Yeah. So, Jeffrey, could, could you just share with the board what those estimates were? Well, that seems really interesting. How many of them were 13s? And then how, how well did you do on those? Were those really accurate? See, that's just such an easy conversation for someone outside to have. I, and I guess I haven't experienced that. So it's, it's interesting here because I think this might get around to a difference in, in philosophy or, or experience. I, I just haven't experienced that, um, that problem. And you know, I, now I will say, like on the, on the longer-term things, because earlier you made the example of what, what if someone said, uh, you know, oh, so you know, here's what we want to get done in the quarter. And I've, I've done plans going out a year or a year and a half saying, you know, here's what we'd expect to do. Actually, probably not longer than a year, but definitely in nine months and definitely a year, saying here's kind of what we'd expect to deliver over the course of a year, something roughly like this. Um, this is one of the things that comes with doing a startup and wanting to raise money. <laughs> People Absolutely. want to know. How and, to and this, by the way, I don't object to. So so th this is so um, abstract and, and long-term that, that I'm, I'm much less uncomfortable with it because it, 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 it's, it's not likely to lead to the, the risk, the problem that I'm concerned about where somebody says, well, you said it would take exactly 47 weeks and, um, you know, 32 hours. And, you know, it's the 33rd hour. Uh, why aren't you done? <laughs> You're not making a prediction of that variety. You're really making a prediction in that case. I predict that we can get something of value with lots of vagaries and difficulties and things that happen that we don't expect within a year. Therefore, it's um, the payoff will be in time for our investors. That I have no trouble with whatsoever because it's it's really not an estimate. Okay, interesting. <laughs> with, then, so I agree that there's this, there's a scale then between that kind of day by day. You know, here's the work we're going to plan. What, what do we think we can get done today, or what do we think we can get, get done tomorrow, uh, or maybe at, at most this week? I don't really want to talk about things that go beyond this week. Th there's that element, that very micro. Uh, planning estimate, whatever you, which, you know, whichever you'd prefer to call it, alignment, uh, agreement, plan making, and then there's the kind of multi, you know, uh, multi-quarter <laughs> element. But then there's this middle one, this sort of like, okay, this we're overall this plan is going to take three quarters. What what part of it do we think we're going to do within this quarter? And it is as a completely artificial planning horizon. It just as a way of saying let's break this thing up into some amount of chunks. 
uh, I, I still, you know, we, I would say we found uh, some value in that. And, and, and I, I don't have massive objections to the way that you're doing it. I just see it warped and twisted so often. The example I cited in the LinkedIn article was, is, is real from multiple clients where uh, someone had said, yeah, Squirrel, this, this project's right on track. I, I'm here in management. We know just what's happening. The graphs show the velocity is really good, and, and the burn-up chart shows the team's nearly finished. And they've never seen any working software. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that happens as a result of estimates so often. <laughs> And <laughs> someone feels comfortable with them. They think they're truth. They they could mistake the lie for a truth. Okay. And and now I think we're we're getting back into an area of you know massive agreement again. Um, yeah, es- we, estimates should not be considered a balm, right? Someone should not take comfort in the estimates. They should take comfort in the fact that they have see working software. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's that's really the currency of, of value but but Jeffrey there's something else that we want to talk about I'm not sure there's enough time this time and I wonder could we come back next time maybe and talk about the value at the other end because we've talked a lot about how much value you find in estimates that people make at the beginning of some period like a quarter and, and I think actually the thing we didn't get to talk about today was uh, what the value is at the end because you got this this great um, uh, retrospective value. W- what do you think about uh, picking that up next week? I think that sounds fantastic. Excellent. Well, if listeners want to disagree with either of us, and this time you probably disagree with one of us because we don't agree with each other, <laughs> then uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that at agileconversations.com, and there you'll find our email and Twitter and uh, lots of other stuff about us and events we're doing. I'm in uh, Miami and Vienna, and Jeffrey, you're at KitCon this week, and lots That's of other right. fun, exciting things. So uh, head on over there if you want to get in touch with us, or just come back next Wednesday when we'll keep arguing with each other as productively as we can. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Grant.